0: Hello church, Claire here, sadly not in church live for you this morning, we've had a lateral flow positive test situation and we're having to isolate as a family. Anyhow, it's Mothering Sunday. Hi mum, I love you. And we have come to the fourth in our Lent series, Experience a Better Story, and today we are thinking about exile and peace. I don't know if you spotted in the animation that was the intro to my preaching. This week is represented by a female figure picking up two big bags with children in tow and beginning a long journey into the distance. Well, here I am, a woman with a lot of baggage and often with children in tow and together we are gonna walk a long road through the story of exile, but in the hope of discovering peace. Last week we were looking at Exodus a going out, and this week exile, a time of being forced to live away from home. Both things appear to be the opposite of our current lockdown season, a not going out, Anna, living at home, and yet, We have seen and we will see in this series that both experiences speak into our lives today in powerful ways because we are talking of God's story and his words, which, as we have said at the beginning of the series, is powerful, living and life-changing words that will set our hearts on fire. Now the piece we're talking about today, as I described to the children, is that lovely word, shalom, shalom. I think Miranda Hart would like that word. Shalom. The word describes a feeling beyond mere quiet or or an absence of war. It describes this deep sense of wellness and inner wholeness and calm. Paul tells us in Philippians 4 that this type of shalom transcends our understanding. And Jesus himself described this type of shalom in John 14 as being a peace that he, the Prince of Peace, gives us that the world cannot give. So we are looking for this precious inner peace that is not of this world and that is not dependent on our circumstance in this world, but that comes to us from God, the creator, through his son, our saviour Jesus. And our question today is how to find shalom in a world of exile experiences. Andrew Ollerton, in his book that accompanies our series, describes how the Bible contains stories within stories. He talks about it being like a set of Russian dolls. And the theme of exile is no different. I like to think of it as a rainbow experience, and there's one big overarching story of exile that is the whole Bible, and that's the exile of people from the Garden of Eden in presence of God, away from God's presence face-to-face, but that will be restored to God's presence face-to-face that we read about in Revelation. So that is the overarching story of exile, but there are other stories of exile that fit within it. When I typed up the sermon, I mistyped overarching as overaching. And I think that might have been a Holy Spirit spelling mistake because there is that sense, particularly in the exile story, of an aching and a longing. The next arc or ache of the story rainbow is the story of the people of Israel, God's people, and it includes many periods of exile. They're described in a huge section in the middle of the Old Testament, in the books of one and two kings, of Judges and Joshua, of Chronicles and Daniel, And it's also a time when most of the prophets were prophesying, people like Isaiah and Jeremiah. It's a really complex bit of the story of the people of Israel. If I was doing a chemical analogy, we're right in the um, transition metals of the periodic table. We're in the D block. There's, you know, complex stuff going on. There's variable oxidation states. There's magnetic characters. There's precious characters. There's things that require refining by fire. There's catalysts. It is tough times. Andrew Ollison, in his book, likens parts of the story to Game of Thrones. I've not watched that because I don't like blood and gore, but I've read some of it in the Bible. It is there. It concerns a period of history between when Israel entered the Promised Land in 1300 BC, and then King David established Jerusalem, the city of Shalom, the city of peace, And then it went on that Solomon built the temple and God's presence rested in that temple. And then there's this downward and destructive spiral of kings who repeatedly turn away from God to idols until in 600 BC, Nebuchadnezzar conquers Jerusalem and destroys the city, and God's people are exiled to Babylon. Now, I am no expert in this bit of the Bible. Rosalind Merian's pretty good on it though. But here is a lovely spoken word piece that may help to set that biblical inner arc
1: of the story. This is the six beat, six piece scripture story. This is the overarching rescue plan story. This is part three of the better story. Moving on from the origin at the beginning, from the freedom that was found from God liberating Israel from Egypt, then they camped on the sand, next we camp at exile, but first Promised land with milk and honey on demand. Joshua leads and Israel arrive. He picks judges to govern so Israel can thrive. But cycles of rebellion leads to Israel's demise. Peace turns to judgment, turns to savior, turns to peace. But the wheel keeps on turning as their ancestor sin repeats. Then Israel's back on track as peace enters back in. David wears the crown with the Almighty's back in. Man after God's heart. A singer of praise, accompanied by harp, a glimmer of peace, present from past, a pointer to the kingdom that will forever last. Then, son Solomon asks for wisdom, and guess what? He gets it. Builds a temple, speaks proverbs, but then he forgets it. Discourse to show, if you've got all things and do what you please, it doesn't buy you happiness or bring you true peace. And the kings that come after? That's a disaster. Jerusalem's conquered and the people taken captive. Evicted from the promised land, God's people departed. And so, heavy-hearted, Israel grieves and vents. In this foreign land, the exiles lament, broken by the rivers of Babylon. Why doesn't God talk back? Why does it feel like my prayer messages bounce back? And though Daniel's trek to Babylon, he's not wandered off track. He's praying to God despite society's pushback and naps with lions. No pride in his heart, though he's fully grieving Zion, Jerusalem, home. And then 70 years past, God brings them back home. The temple ruins get erected. The wall gets built so Jerusalem's protected, but Israel's still affected. They unpacked their suitcases and their questions. Why doesn't God talk back? Why does it feel like my prayer messages bounce back? And the truth is that, just like Israel were exiles, they were never excommunicated. Though they were homesick, they were never homeless in God's heart. Because of the one true God, the great thou art, who deeply cares, who's richly there, who hears our prayers. In the midst of the pain, he's present in the storms and pours out peace in the rain. So
0: in what ways
1: does Israel's story
0: help us understand how to find Shalom? In our first reading from Joshua, who was the man who took over from Moses and led Israel through a series of battles into the promised land. He makes the first step to finding Shalom clear. It's a choice. We can all make that choice. It's who are we gonna worship? Are we gonna worship God? or Are we gonna worship gods and idols and the things of the past? And Joshua states his choice in those brilliant words. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And if you've watched any of my children's videos, you will know that that is one of my favourite action songs. Um, And James plays the mandolin for me, and it never fails to bring me sunshine and shalom. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So our first thing to find shalom is choose to serve the Lord and serve him faithfully. The second reading from Psalms, refers to that utter sense of despair and longing. When you long for home and a sense of peace and you weep and wail. By the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept, And our hearts were far from wanting to worship. I love that phrase. How can we sing the songs of Lord in a foreign land? Here on the poplars, we've hung our harps. They've given up. Have you ever felt like that? Life has its moments. Moments when suddenly you're in a storm, or suddenly you feel in such a foreign land that worship seems impossible, God seems far away, and in those moments we groan from within, this cry, often with tears, to God. I think this is the next step to finding shalom. It's something that we must really want, that it comes from deep within, and we must cry out to God for it, often with tears. And there are many examples of this type of lament in the Bible. I don't think we really dwell on them enough in church. Explore them. Psalms 42 and 43 are a really good place to start if you're in need of lament. Now, as it's Mothering Sunday, I thought I would limit my personal experiences of exile to ones related to mothers and motherhood. But I hope that in doing so, there's at least one in here that you can relate to. I've got four. So my first moment of exile was literally homesickness, a longing for home, that I experienced when I went to university and left my mum and her wonderful cooking, and laundry skills and her tidy house, and I had to fend for myself. It was a big move for me from Yorkshire down to Oxfordshire to the south. People were quite different and I was suddenly outnumbered by men. Something, as it turns out, I've, um, you know, a skill I've needed for later life, God must have known. But it felt very different and I was extremely homesick. There was a lot of tears. I found it tough. My second example really came to me when I looked at that Psalm 137 and we sort of crumpled down to the floor and wept. And that happened a number of times in my kitchen. I crumpled to the floor and wept as we had miscarriages. We had five miscarriages on our journey to the family you see today and my three beautiful boys. Each miscarriage took us to a foreign land of grief, a painful place, and a grief of a very lonely kind because there was it was difficult to bring community around you with such a private loss. My third example, which I have shared before I think, was when we were sitting in a side room at the RUH um, next in the special care baby unit and William, a mere £2.11 ounces of William, was in an incubator next door and the consultant began to explain that they had detected that William had suffered a brain haemorrhage at birth and that it was likely he may never walk or talk. And there was this huge sense of being thrown into a foreign land where we did not want to go and the looking ahead at the parenting of this disabled child and there was much, many tears flowed. The final exile I want to share hasn't happened to me yet, but I have seen it happen to others. And that's, and I can see it just over our horizon. And I won't, I'll be honest, there are times in lockdown I've longed for this exile, but I can see it will be painful. And that is the exile of the empty nest. When I come home and my home no longer has the aroma of teenage boy, I know there will be a sadness there. I know that will be a hard journey. I do hope they will not be as homesick as I was in my first example of exile. I think exile is like all those experiences. Some periods of exile, we can see them coming. We might have even chosen them and we can prepare for them a little bit. Some we have not seen coming. We did not choose, uh, but we find ourselves suddenly in a foreign place and, and we can't escape. Life's exiles are like that. An exile is very much part of life and that is why there are many inner arcs to the rainbow story. They are our aches and arcs of exile. Mine is purple. But there is no escaping those. So exiles are inevitable and they are an inevitable part of life's story and they are found at the very heart of the Bible. Jesus himself also experienced exile. Before he was old enough to know anything about it, his parents had to take him and flee to Egypt to escape the search for Herod. Finding Shalom in our difficult times involves choosing to worship the Lord. It involves being honest and vulnerable with him and crying out, wailing our pain out. But if we're honest in those stormy times when life is hard and it's really hard to worship, it's really hard to pray, and it can feel like God is far away, We can turn away from him like a child, angry, upset and confused, feeling that God, this loving thing, has in some way disciplined us. We can wrongly blame God when actually we are experiencing the work of the devil or the harsh realities of life in a very broken world. And we need reassurance. And uh, reading from Isaiah God gave that reassurance. Isaiah was prophetizing to God's people at a time when they were turning away from him and they were not behaving. And he could have been harsh, but no, our God is loving and merciful. And we hear it in these words of Isaiah. Just hear them again. Do not fear. I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. And when you pass through waters, I will be with you. When you pass through rivers, I will not let them sweep over you. When you walk through fire, you will not be burned up. I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. You are precious and honoured in my sight. I love you. I will give people in exchange for you. Do not be afraid. I am with you did you see in that that God knows that we will pass through tough times? He doesn't say, if you pass through a river, I'll pull you out, or if you go near fire, you won't get burned. He says, when. He knows we will all pass through tough times, but he will be there, very close. He does not want us to be afraid. He's going to protect us. Nothing will overwhelm or burn us completely if we trust in his presence and his promise. We're faithful. He is faithful, especially when times are tough. In Jeremiah, we also hear of another side of God. Jeremiah prophesies that Israel's exile will be 70 years long, which must have been hard to hear. But then this, I have plans to give you a hope and a future. And the key to that, call on me come to me in prayer and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. The prophecy came true for Israel. They returned to Jerusalem after 70 years under Nehemiah and they began to rebuild that city. We are being asked to trust in a reliable God. Now, If only trust were as easy as spreading jam on a sandwich as I've got the children doing in their prayer today. Trust is hard but remember this, this God that you are trusting doesn't just give people in exchange for you, he gives his only son in exchange for you. He summons you by name, have you let him summon you by name? Have you entered into that precious relationship with the Lord? If you haven't, don't delay. You can press that button that says request prayer and someone will pray that through with you right now. Don't miss the chance of being in relationship with God. So where did I find my Shalom in my times of exile that I mentioned? At uni, I discovered Christian Union and I found a fantastic group of friends, many of whom are still close friends. And the most important thing I discovered there was collective prayer, praying through, praying for each other. God was very close to me through those miscarriage years. He carried me through. They did not overwhelm me. And again, it was the prayerful support of those close to me that got me through. William was healed of his brain hemorrhage through the prayers of many in our church at St Philip's and beyond. Now I have learned in my exile times that that is important, companionship in exile, that sense that we were created to be in community by God and that is needed in order to bring shalom in difficult times. And at the times when I've not been able to pray for myself, there is a real palpable sense of shalom that comes knowing others are praying for you. And it is a wonderful thing to be part of collective prayer for a situation and to see God move in that situation. We have a video testimony here now, Megan's story, which is a really powerful example of collective prayer and how Shalom comes and brings rescue.
2: I grew up going to church every Sunday, never questioned God's existence. But when I was 17, I decided that God was boring and I wanted to do my own thing. So I said, thank you, but no thank you to God. So I was driving home one evening when I was at 6th Form. Um, it was a really wet and windy, dark night, hit a large pool of water on the road. And I'm told, I don't remember, um, but the car flipped over multiple times down a steep ravine and then I was airlifted to a specific one at the emergency department because the accident was so severe. So I spent a total of seven weeks in the intensive care unit, had really life-threatening injuries to pretty much all my organs, um, but the injury they were most concerned about was the traumatic brain injury, and they told my family if I was ever going to wake up, which they didn't think I would from the coma, um, they wouldn't have the same daughter or same sister back and um, my family were told to come say goodbye to me. There wasn't um, a moment where I woke up and thought, where am I, what's happened? It was a feeling and a feeling of complete peace and the presence of God and knowing that God loved me even though I turned my back unknown to me um, at the time in intensive care, but hundreds and hundreds of Christians across the world were praying for me and they were praying for total healing um, of my body and on one night where my family had to come and say goodbye to me, I know that there were 10,000 people in London praying for me. I spent over eight months in hospital in total, which was a really long time. Um, Most of that was spent in neuro rehab, um, where I learnt to walk again, I learnt to go up the stairs again on my own, um, and I found out that I could still play the piano like I could before. And when my neurosurgeon saw me, she literally said, this is a miracle because I'm a nurse. Having gone through such a life-changing experience and finding God in that hardship is probably the best thing that's ever happened to me. And it's changed my entire outlook on life, knowing that God is gonna be there whatever the storm. And now I can confidently say without a shadow of a doubt that God brings hope to any situation.
0: powerful story. If we were in church, I think there would have been applause there. Feel free to clap at home. So, I'm yet to enter my final exile experience of having an empty nest as a mother, but I know what will get me through. I am going to choose to serve my Lord faithfully and worship and pray. I'm going to cry out to him and be vulnerable in those painful times when I need shalom. I'm going to trust because he is a God with redeeming power and his presence will be close and he wants to protect me. And I will call on others to pray for me. Now, I'll be perfectly honest. Last Friday when I wrote this sermon, it kind of ended there or there-ish and I was happy. But then Jesus began to disturb my sense of shalom and I felt him say to him, Clay, your examples of exile, yeah, they're, they're fitting for Mother's Day and they're true, but Oh yeah, they tame. Please mention in your sermon people whose exile experiences are really raw. Those refugees in Yemen, those crying out from oppression in Myanmar, to name but two he put on my heart. And these words of Isaiah that Jesus quoted about himself kept popping up last week. He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and to recover the sight of the blind, to set the oppressed free. He quotes Isaiah in Luke 4. I am aware that I am a white mother living in the West. I am richly blessed. I got to go to university. I got maternity care. William was placed in an incubator. My boys do have a home they can choose to leave. In the list of the people Jesus came for, I am not the oppressed. I may be part of the oppression. I'm certainly not the poor and I have great freedom. So I think Jesus wants to open my eyes. I think I'm the blind in that, that sentence and I want him to open yours too. Although it may rock as Shalom, We must join Jesus and take action for brothers and sisters whose current exile is raw compared to some of ours. Some of our poor brothers and sisters are not far away. They're on Fox Hill. You know, we are reaching them. We could do more. You will know who Jesus has placed on your heart. Please let him open your eyes as to how to help because companionship in exile is part of bringing shalom, not least through prayer, which is global in its reach. So let us seek to find shalom and bring it to those who need it now. To conclude, one of my favourite programmes that I have caught a few more episodes of than usual during lockdown is Long Lost Families on ITV, where people are reunited with um, their genetic or birth families after long periods of absence or perhaps never having met their birth families. It has a very generic formula, the programme. They get to see a picture of the person first and, and then they are reunited. When they see the photograph, I love it, because they go, oh, look, they've got my wonky nose or I've got their eyes or, you know, they've got their same hair. They always say something like this as well. Haven't they got a kind face? Oh, I'm glad they look happy. And then you see them meet. And every time I cry, I can't help it, it is such a beautiful moment. They often cry and they hug. I cry too, because you see restoration, you see shalom, you see something broken, brought back together. And it struck me when we were discussing what it be, may, means to be made in the image of God at home group and at the creation prayer meeting about our first in this series. It struck me that we will get that moment of shalom, of restoration, when we are finally brought face-to-face with our Creator. We will get to look at Him, to look at Jesus, and I hope we'll say, look, that's what it means to be in the image. He's got my whatever it is, or I've got His. And I trust that he will look at us with a kind and happy face, pleased to see us. There will be a hug, there will be tears, the exile will be over. Until then, we must trust in our God of the rainbow stories because he is a God who keeps his promises.